You're listening to the Centre Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message recorded live from our Burgess Hill campus. Morning, everyone. Morning. Yeah. So, um, right. Good to be here. We were away last Sunday and we missed everybody, but we had a nice time. We had a really nice time. We were in Prague and it was gorgeous. Um, yeah, so in Prague, actually, there's a lot of um, glass. They do, or glass, as you southerners say. I'm a northerner, so I say glass, right? <laughs> What's wrong with that? And um, so they, they do lots of glass um, models and glass vases, and it's really big over there, and it's beautiful. Everything is glass art is really beautiful, isn't it? Um, so we're going to talk today about how we see things. Shifting perspectives is our title today. Who likes the Specsaver adverts? (laughs) I was watching a few last night and um, I like the cat one. I think that's quite a recent one where the guy, he's supposed to be fitting a new pane in the person's back door and he fits the whole pane upside down. So the cat flap is at the top. (laughs) The cat is trying to get in. And Anyway, if you like cute cats, it's worth watching. Who's seen that one? Okay. Um, So, yeah, it's all about perspective, you know. I've been listening to some podcasts by a guy called Graham Cook, and uh, he's a great guy. If you've heard, anyone heard Graham Cook's podcast? Yep. Shifting, he's all about, I think it's called Brilliant Perspectives, isn't it? And it's really blessed me because there's been many, many times in the last few months that I have needed a shift in perspective. I wonder if anyone here today needs a shift in perspective. Well, you're in the right place then. You're in the right place because you can have it today. We have the Word of God And the Word of God tells us how we can have that shift in perspective. I believe that today is going to be a life-transforming message for some of you here today. I just felt it in my spirit as I prayed through this message. I really felt that God was speaking. He's certainly spoken to me. He usually does that. He speaks to me through my own messages. And that's a good thing. We're going to look for this message at Mark chapter 4, verses 35 to 41. It's a passage that I'm sure you'll know, um, and I hope to bring some new life to it today. So Jesus said um, to his disciples, before all this event happened, he'd been teaching his disciples about faith. Um, Let's remember that as we read this passage. So it says... That day, when evening came, he said to his disciples, let's go to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up. A squall, by the way, is a a storm. In those parts of the world, it's called a a squall, I believe. I don't know if I'm reading the same version, I've just realized. Yes, I am. Because I can't really see that very well. And I actually can't read my Bible very well. Because I do really... (laughs) That is 
it's so funny after talking about specs. <laughs> Do you know what? A few years ago, I crashed my car, and it was very ironic because I was on the way to the optician when I crashed my car. And Anne Johnson, she, I'll never forget Anne, she said, that was funny that you're on the way to the optician. Don't tell your insurance company, will you? And I was thinking, wise words there, Anne. Do you remember that? No, it was a long time ago. But yeah, it just did not dawn on me that I was going to the optician and I crashed the car on the way. Not a good time to crash a car. So I wasn't going to spec servers either. It was a different one. <laughs> no adverts here. Okay, except for the coffee shop. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, so let's carry on with the passage if I can find my place. <laughs> oh dear. So they went in the boat. A squall had broken out so that it was nearly swamped. Okay, so it's quite a bad storm. Jesus was in the stern of the boat, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Be quiet, be still. Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. He said to the disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. Amazing stuff. Amazing stuff. Now, I think this was an encounter with Jesus that these disciples, they, they kind of knew what Jesus could do. They'd seen miracles before this. Um, they'd had all this teaching on faith, but they hadn't risen to it. I mean, I suppose I probably wouldn't either, would you? You're in the middle of a storm on a lake, and you're in a boat. I mean, we've had a storm this week. We've had a couple of storms, I think. And I don't mind storms. I think they're beautiful. And actually, storms always remind me of the awesomeness of God. When you're in a storm and you see that, especially fork lightning, I feel like it just reminds me of the power and the awesomeness of our God. And I'm standing there thinking how awesome it is. And looking, hopefully, from a window, that would be better. Um, but in a boat, I don't think I'd like that very much. No, you feel a bit vulnerable, don't you? Has anyone been in a boat, on, on a boat in a storm? Yep, yep, okay, yep. But you're here to tell the tale. Yeah, <laughs> only just, only just. Uh, so, Jesus has been teaching the disciples about faith. They got in this boat. They left for the other side of the lake. It all looked fine. Rowing. I don't know if they were rowing or got sails. I think they had sails. And Jesus thought, I'll just have a nap. Got in the boat, got down on the, on the front of the boat, got a cushion, laid down, snoring away, probably, maybe. Fast asleep. He must have been because a storm broke out. It was quite a sudden storm. I'm told that that part of the world in the, in the lake, it's um, 600 um, feet below sea level, that Lake Galilee, isn't it? Yeah. It's 600 um, feet below sea level. And apparently, there's mountains on either side. If anyone's been there, you'll know. And so the, the, when the storms come, they can actually be quite quick and quite severe. Um, 
So the disciples feared for their lives, and these guys were fishermen. If they were fishermen and they feared for their lives, it must have been quite bad. You know, you wouldn't be a fisherman if you're afraid of drowning, would you? Not really. Um, so they were shocked. And, and they were shocked that Jesus had taken a nap. What are you doing down there? What are you doing? Come on, come on, wake up, wake up. Eventually, he did wake up, and he just got up and stood up and said, storm, stop. The storm stopped. Simple as that. Very simple. I loved On's testimony there because, you know, simple as that. We can speak to things. Done. Done deal. Amen. Amen. You know, like a lot of times, Jesus could be said to be pretty laid back. You know, he laid there in the middle of a storm in a boat that was about to sink. The next chapter, we read about a couple of miracles, and there was the centurion's daughter who was really poorly, and Jesus attended to many other things, and he thought, I'll leave that one till later. Got there, and they were all panicking. She's going to die. She's going to die. And he said, no, it's okay. She's just sleeping. That's okay. God's agenda, God's timing, it's totally different to ours. Then we have Lazarus. Jesus came three days late. I mean, <laughs> who'd be wanting someone to come if they knew they're going to come three days late and they're dead? What is that going to do? But Jesus just said, come out. And Lazarus came out of the grave. He just came out and he was as live and kicking as any of us here. His agenda is not our agenda. His perspective is a heavenly perspective. Jesus sees things from a heavenly perspective. Now we pray, we pray in the Lord's Prayer, and we're taught to pray the Lord's Prayer, which I believe is crucial. Um, it's a great model prayer. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, how are we doing with that praying right now? I have to say that there are some days I forget to pray that and forget the power in that prayer as well. There's power in that prayer, folks. There is so much power in that prayer. We can see things from a heavenly perspective. We can pray your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven because we've got that great power inside us. If we know the Lord in our lives, we've got the power that enables us to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Right here in this situation right now, what's your storm that you need to speak to right now? What's your storm? Maybe some of you have no storms. I'm sure there's a little storm, maybe a little bit of a storm. I mean, some people talk about the phrase a storm in a teacup. I mean, there are some of us who make a tiny, make a tiny st storm into a great big thing. Whatever your storm, it doesn't matter if it's a tiny thing that someone else might see as tiny. It's your storm. It's your storm. It's your reality. If it's your reality, it's real to you. It's real to you. It's your storm. But the truth is, his kingdom can come in your situation, in your storm. His will can be done. And God's will is not that we have, um, that we have problems. He, he, God is not here to create suffering. God does not want us to have suffering. When we do, he has a way for us. He has a way. Let's think about that today. 
So what needs to shift? If we have to shift something in our perspective, we need to shift. And I've got three points today. Shift your view. It's on the next slide. Shift your view. So the disciples were looking at the storm. Here they were. They just saw the big the big lightning, the big waves, and maybe thunder hearing. They heard thunder loud around them. Maybe even, you know how we're taught that if the lightning, if the thunder happens less than a second after the lightning, then the storm is right over you. Maybe that was happening. I don't know. <clears throat> they were focusing on the storm. Shift your view. So the disciples had to shift their view. If we focus on our fears and difficulties, the storm will cons be, cons will be consumed by them. We will be consumed by our difficulties. If we focus on our fears, we will be consumed. Often, our storm, when it boils down to it, quite a lot of it is about fear, isn't it? If you think about fear, it's quite a huge thing in our lives. Lots and lots of things stem from fear. How many times in the Bible does it say, do not fear? It's a lot, an awful lot of times. I can't remember, someone counted it. I did look once, and uh, it's an awful lot. There are storms in all aspects of life. Maybe you're facing a storm um, of relationships, health. Maybe a storm of finances. Maybe it's a storm about sort of your inner battles with wanting something that you can't have. Like you want to have a bigger house and it's just not happening. You want to own a house and it's just not happening. Or a relationship that you want that's just not happening. Maybe it's about something to do with your children or lack of. God knows your storm. God knows your storm. So there's fears. And, and the Bible says, do not fear. Fear not, Isaiah 43 says, I have redeemed you and called you by name. Called you by name, not just called you, by name. You know, the human race is prone to fear. Will I be able to ever buy a house? Will I ever be able to have a relationship that lasts? Will I ever be able to have children? Will I ever be able to have children that are on the straight and narrow? Will I ever be able to X, Y, and Z? There are fears inside many of us. Maybe they're questions, but maybe they're rooted a little bit in fear. If we're honest with ourselves, fears can take over. Fear is actually a normal human thing that God designed us to have because Fear enables us to escape danger, and there are some very real dangers. Fear enables us to attach to our parents when we're little. So we have an inbuilt attachment strategy, which um, God designed us to have when we were tiny, tiny babies, so that we would attach to our parents and have life and safety. And do you know, our, one of the basic human needs is for survival. And so if our needs are not met, then fear creeps in at an early age. If you have a baby that isn't given the love and attention that it needs, then very, very quickly it starts to learn, where's my needs going to be met? Help, help, my needs are not going to be met. 
<clears throat> and so we're all, in, a, in all of us is the capacity. <clears throat> in all of us is the capacity for fear. <clears throat> and in all of us is also the capacity for trust. God designed us that we might have healthy relationships, be safe in our parents' arms, and he is our daddy. Do you know, whatever your relationship might have been with your own parents, and some people have desperately terrible situations they come from in their own relationship with their parents. And if that's you today, I really believe God wants to bring some healing and that, that, that you are to shift your view of who God is as a father. Shift your view. <clears throat> that God's view of you as a daughter or a son is absolutely besotted with you. And he loves you. And that he's not a God that's going to let you down. In those early days of a baby, it may have some um, needs that are met. Maybe some other needs are not met. And then... but. God, our Father, He is able to meet every single one of our needs without fail. Without fail. If we focus on our fears, they will consume us. If we focus on our storms, they will consume us. And very often fear is about making negative predictions. We make the prediction that, um, oh, if I go on that boat, the storm might overcome me. And I might drown. If I go, and some people are afraid of flying. Maybe my parents are really scared of flying. If you go on a plane, it might fall down out of the sky. If you, all sorts of things. If this, then that might happen. But what if it doesn't happen? It probably won't. And who have we got inside us? Shift our view. Our view must not be of what might happen. What if? What if? What if? We make negative predictions, but only God knows the future. Fear stops us stepping out with God. Fear stops us believing truth. And fear stops us from enjoying relationships. And fear can also result in us being angry as well. When you're fearful, um, I work with children who are very angry quite often. And we often think how behavior is communication when we work with children like that. And often when they're displaying anger, you can often look back and think, actually, the anger that they're displaying comes from anxiety and fear. It's usually because there's something underlying what's going on that has made them then activate in some way. And sometimes it does come out as anger. Shifting our perspective, shifting our view. You know what? We sang that song earlier, raise a hallelujah, raise a hallelujah. I'm going to sing in the middle of the storm. Couldn't have been a better song for this morning, really. Um, so you knew, God knew, he's got a plan. Um, I'm going to sing in the middle of the storm. And it's sometimes really hard. I've been there when I've had storms in my life. And when days are difficult, and some days are not easy, I know that. I know that worship and praise is, is a key factor to shifting my view. If my view is on my situation, and earlier this week, one of the reasons I think God put this message on my heart for this 
Sunday is partly because of the kind of week that I've had. And my own shift, in my view, had to change a lot this week. Um, I was being very negative, making negative predictions, seeing things from the black side rather than the white side. God challenged me to worship. And I, I had a long car journey on Tuesday, thankfully. And in that car journey, I was able to worship. I was listening to one of the brilliant perspective podcasts with Graham Cook, like I mentioned. And all of this just shifted my perspective. And it's because I got my eyes off myself, my circumstances, my negative predictions, and I got them onto God. And some of it's a bit like starts here in the top of your brain. It starts with a very much a brain thing. I am going to shift my perspective. I am going to shift my view. It's really hard. I'm going to do it. I'm going to shift it. Thank you, Jesus. You start with that very quiet voice. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, Lord. Thank you. But I don't see it right at the moment. It's not going to come right. Thank you, Lord. And as you get your voice, you get louder and louder. I'm going to sing in the middle of the storm. Be determined. Shift your view. Don't look at your circumstances. Look at God. You know, praise and worship is, it's about praising God. There are a lot of songs, actually, I notice about me. But choose songs that are about God and his glory. It's really important to do that, you know. And if you haven't got access to any worship music and you're not sure of which songs that do glorify God, Pick a psalm. Many, many psalms just have so much positive stuff in there. And it might take some grit determination. I really know that myself. Shifting your view can be grit determination, but turns into a breakthrough. You know, there's um, a song I was listening to yesterday, Blessed Assurance, Jesus is Mine. It was um, a Bethel rendition of it, which is fantastic. And it says, um, this is my story, this is my song. And then there's a line, perfect submission, all is at rest. And then I looked up and saw the person who wrote the hymn, Fanny Crosby. You may know about her. Amazing story, actually. She was born, um, okay, she was able to see. But then she became blind when she was quite a small baby. Um, due to some mistakes in the 1800s with crack doctors who did some stupid, gave some really stupid advice. So she became blind. And not many months after that, her dad died. Um, can imagine that's a pretty desperate situation to be in. But you know what? She had a godly grandmother. Her grandmother brought her up, basically, because her mum then had to go out to work and get work to, to fund the family. Grandma was a committed believer who prayed. Now the power in prayer, the power in prayer. And she educated Fanny and she brought her up in the ways of the Lord to, to trust. And Fanny went eventually to a school for the blind and um, learnt loads of things. And, and music was one of her things. She also married another songwriter, um, organist, I think, who was also blind, I believe. She became a teacher in that school. And eventually she wrote this song. And, you know, to be able to say, from her perspective, things were not good when she was little. Things were not good. But her perspective changed because she shifted her view. She shifted her view. A blind lady shifting her view 
to God. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. This is my story. This is my song. I'm not going to have it any other way. I'm not going to look at the storm. I'm not going to look at the problems. I'm not going to be overcome by them. This is my story. Perfect submission. All is at rest. And that leads me on to the second point. Shift your position. Shift your position. In sudden fear, the disciples, um, they were gripped with that fear and they forgot all the teaching they'd heard and they forgot the power within them. They forgot the position they had. They were close to Jesus. I mean, who was closer to Jesus in this world ever? They were right next to him. They were first-hand disciples. I mean, if they don't know their position, who does? I mean, what we have, okay, we've got the Holy Spirit within us. If you are a born-again believer, you can have the Holy Spirit living inside you. But they were actually sitting right next to Jesus, and they forgot their position. Shift our position. They had to, um, they were distanced from Jesus at that point. They had to come back to him. They didn't grasp fully who he was. You know, shifting our position means that we need to realize that we're seated in heavenly places. It means it needs to me it means that we need to take hold of our position in Christ. Our position with the Holy Spirit within us. Our position as born again believers. If you've asked Jesus Christ into your life, you have the Holy Spirit. You you can activate his power by being filled and baptized in the Holy Spirit and and really see how much there is within you is power, folks. Within you is power. Don't forget your position. Don't forget your position. Another part of realizing our position, and I think the songwriter of, of the song Blessed Assurance realized this because she said about the rest. She said that perfect submission, all is at rest. Now, perfect submission to God, to, to his work within us, means that we're at rest. And Jesus, he managed to sleep in that boat. <laughs> he managed to sleep in the middle of a storm. Can we do that? You know, it's really important that we come back to rest, shift our position to a position of rest. Our position of rest means that it doesn't mean that we're sleepy and sort of like this all the time. It, and it doesn't mean that you're laying on your bed snoring. It actually means that you're coming from a place of acknowledging that God is in control, that perfect submission. Um, Psalm 46.10, Carol mentioned it earlier. Be still and know that I am God. I am God. God. I'm facing a couple of circumstances at the moment where I think, how is this going to work out? I do not know. I do not know. But the Holy Spirit gently reminded me this week what I'm speaking about today. I need to be still and know that he is God. Psalm 23 also, I love that, how it talks about we are to be... um, led by to green pastures, by quiet waters, have our souls restored. 
And what's more, it says that we need to fear no evil. And his rod and staff comforts me. And you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You know, if your storm today involves perceived enemies, maybe they're not truly enemies, but they're perceived enemies, then God says that he prepares a table. He prepares lavish provision in the middle of that situation. In the middle of all your enemies, there is provision. And if you like, he doesn't kind of rub their noses in it, but he's saying, look, you know, it doesn't matter about these enemies or perceived enemies. It doesn't matter. I'm preparing a table for you of provision. In the middle of the storm, there's provision. Take your place. Take your place. Take your position. Shift your position. So going back to the rest, you know, in Hebrews, it talks about entering the Sabbath rest. And if you studied that in any way, it doesn't necessarily mean just having one day a week, a Sunday, where you don't do anything. I know people who take that very literally, and they won't buy anything on a Sunday, they won't go in a restaurant, they won't do any ironing. I'm afraid I do ironing on a Sunday night. Um, but it's about resting in your heart. It's about having a posture of rest. It's about saying, I'm submitted to God. I'm surrendering to you, Lord, and your ways. Your ways are not my ways. I am still before you like a quietened child. Um, there's a psalm about that. Still like a quietened child with its mother. God wants us to shift our position in the storm, out of the storm, whatever. You might not be facing a particular storm at the moment. Maybe your life is all rosy. Um, I'd love to think everyone was feeling that way. But keep that position. Be on your guard because the enemy does roar like a roaring lion. He does. He seeks to knock us off our perch. He seeks to destroy our peace. And God wants us to rise up, to take our position Jesus knew his position. He didn't rush to the daughter of the centurion's servant. He didn't rush to Lazarus in the tomb. He knew his position. I have authority here. That doesn't mean, folks, that if you've got a lump, you don't go to the doctor. That doesn't mean that if you have got terrible debts, you don't try and do something to sort that out. It does not mean that. But we do have the mind of Christ. We can have his peace. We can know that stillness within us that gives us from that place of rest. If you come from a place of rest, from a position of rest, you can then go and sort those things out in a better way. If you're scurrying around, I know I have weeks where I'm just scurrying around, working from morning, first thing in the morning to last thing at night, and I seem to be work, 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 work. And Actually, I don't think my head works nearly as fast as the days where I take the time and I'll take the time just to reflect. Shift your position. We're in a culture of rushing and we're also in a culture of um, mindfulness as well and how very often um, people do lots of meditation and mindfulness to rest and relax. And I'm not saying some of that's wrong. I'm just saying 
watch out, people. Don't forget that if you have the Holy Spirit within you, your position is such that you're seated in heavenly places. And you can come to Bible meditation. You can meditate on the thoughts and very ways of God. Don't miss that. I, I'm in a world, I'm in, you know, working in a world where I see so much of mindfulness and meditation. And it's kind of good, but it doesn't go far enough. We need to meditate on the things of God. And that brings true freedom, true release true release. So we've said, shift our view, shift our position. Let's talk about shifting our language. The last point, Jesus actually spoke to the storm. So he knew who he was. The disciples clearly at that point didn't. Neither perhaps would I in that situation, I'm ashamed to say. I'd like to think that I stood up and I said, stop to the storm. But We can. We can. Just like On prayed for her friend and in authority, it was healed. We have authority to speak to the storm. We have authority to address it and and to be direct. We don't need to just say, Lord Jesus, please, will you? It's not that. It's, Lord, I... I command it to stop in Jesus' name. I command it to be still. I command this thing to come into alignment. But it's from a position of rest. Don't forget that rest. Because if you come from a position of rest, you've heard God. Maybe in your rest time, you need that rest time so that you can come and hear the Holy Spirit. You can hear his voice so that you know which thing to say stop to. Because maybe there's some things where actually... God is saying, this, I'm stirring you a little bit because I want you to move on now to a new thing. So there are some things that he's using in our lives to say, I'm actually stirring you right now so that you can move on to a new level. I'm using that difficult situation to say, hang on a minute, step back, rest in my presence, hear me, hear my direction. I'm saying, Walk away. New level, new beginning, new thing. See, I'm doing a new thing. If we know our position, though, we can speak with the Father's authority. We're a child of the King of Kings. We can speak with authority. There's no pussyfooting about. We can speak with authority to that issue, that problem, that difficulty instead of being consumed with it um, and not being a victim. Let's think about, you know, many people become, have that victim mindset and it's not healthy. If you see that you're beginning to develop that victim mindset, check yourself. Bring the light of God onto that. What is going on? Am I not taking my, the right view? Am I not taking the right position? the position that I've been given? Am I using the right language? Shift that language. Don't say, why me? Say, God, what are you saying? And then stop to the storm, because it will stop. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast at Centre Church. One church, passionately loving God and people in Burgess Hill and Brighton. 
To get the latest news or for any other information, check out our website at www.centrechurch.uk.